I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I put something on the board. I put a title up here. And I am astounded that preachers don't even understand this. If we are not spiritual Israel, why are we involved in spiritual circumcision, spiritual Passover, spiritual Day of Atonement, and the cutting off of the old man, of the outer man, that is spiritual circumcision. The Bible says over in the Old Testament, it says circumcise. Circumcision is really spiritual. It always has been. Over in Deuteronomy 10 and 16, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart. That's where it is. The Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart in Deuteronomy 30 and 6. That is spiritual circumcision. Where did circumcision come from? comes from the 17th chapter, Genesis 17. Genesis 17. This is not, the spiritual Israel is not replacement theology. That's what some people say. Well, that's replacement theology. No, it is not. Every one of us that are spiritual Jews, even in the Old Testament, they had to be spiritual. Spiritual mean they were obedient to God and they cut off self, the outer man. I've been talking about the outer man. That is spiritual circumcision. When the Bible speaks of circumcision, where did that start? It started. Let's go over here to Genesis 17. God has a family that he's chosen before the foundation of the world. He's chosen us to be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, he says here in Genesis 17, he has chosen Abraham to be the father of his people, Israel. Abraham was a Gentile when God called him before he was circumcised. Now, Abraham is a descendant of Adam. God had a son and called his name Adam. Adam had a son and called his name Seth. Seth had a son and called his name Enosh. Enosh had a son and called his name Canaan. Canaan had a son, called himself Mahalalel. Mahalalel had a son and called his name Enoch. Enoch had a son and called his name Lamech. Lamech had a son and called his name Noah. And Noah had a son and called his name Arphaxed. Arphaxed had a son and called his name Eber. And then then Peleg and Reu. And then and then Serug. And then you get into uh, the grandfather of Abraham, uh, Nahor. And then Nahor had a son and called him Terah. Terah had a son and called him named Abraham. And Abraham had a son named Isaac. And then Jacob. This was God's righteous lineage right here. And Jacob had 12 sons. And they became the nation of Israel. And Israel, Israel means two. Israel is the word Yisrael, Y-I-S-R-A-E-L. And it means to prevail with God. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel in Genesis 32. So, if in Abraham, the Bible speaks of everyone that is of faith. 
are children of Abraham in Galatians, the third chapter. Well, that makes us spiritual Israel. We're going to see that all of the believers are spiritual Israel. Have we prevailed with God? Yes, we have. That's what it means. Genesis 17, when you see in the Bible, in the New Testament, you see the term, the circumcision. The circumcision... I can't even spell when I'm talking. Circumcision. The circumcision, when you see that, the circumcision is a term for Israel, the Jews. And people will say, they say, Jew comes from the word Judah. That's exactly right. But since the king came out of Judah, they called by the time of Christ, they called everyone Jews. That was in Israel. Now, when you see the uncircumcision, when you see that term, it means Gentiles. And you have to separate the spiritual circumcision from the uncircumcision. Now, when Paul, I'm going to go ahead and give you, I'll give you this in Genesis, the 17th chapter. God has this, this is the one flesh of the Old Testament. The one flesh goes down to Jacob because Israel got involved in sun and tree worship or Baal and grove worship and Shemosh and Molech and all the gods of Egypt and all the gods of the Syrians and of the and of Moab and and Shemosh and and Molech of Ammon and because they got involved in Tyre and Sidon and worship Bell in the grove, God scattered them all over Israel, all over the world, and said, Now I'm gonna call my people by another name. My people mean they'll be of me. Another name or Gentile church Gentile church and you find that over in Isaiah the 65th chapter 65 verses 1, 2, and 3 so the circumcision and the uncircumcision are two proper names in the Bible when you look at Galatians the second chapter go over there real quick now, let's look at this first, because when we talk about it, we're talking about where the circumcision came up to. Look here in the 17th chapter of Genesis. When Abram, now he was called Abram, which is a not a righteous name. This is Abraham, for his name was changed to Abraham, Abram. It comes from Room. That's Ab means father. And Room is the word proud. It means proud father. That's what Abram means. So God says you need a righteous name. I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Abraham is a righteous name. It means father of many nations 
many nations. So, God introduces His lineage in this 17th chapter. This is one of the most important chapters in the Old Testament. I've studied this, looked at it for years. This is where God makes a covenant with Abraham and he tells you what it is. And when Abram, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, he was 99. Now, the fourth chapter of Romans says, God's going to promise him a son here. And God calls in verse 17 of chapter 4 of Romans, the Bible says, God calls things that be not as though they were. And then in the next verse, it says, uh, Abraham considered not his own body, now dead. He didn't have any more seed or sperm. He couldn't have a baby. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She didn't ovulate anymore. It was impossible for them to have kids. But God says, you're going to have a son. And Abraham believed God, and it was counted him for righteousness. Abraham was 90 years old and nine. And the Lord appeared to Abraham or Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Be mature. Do the things I say. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. A covenant, barith, was a righteous term. It comes from the word bara, which is the word create. And then, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. I want you to have a righteous name. But thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. It won't be just the promised king. It will be the unpromised king in the previous chapter where that God had said you're going to have you're going to have a son, but it won't come out of it won't be out of uh, your Eliezer, this servant. It'll be out of your own loins. So Abraham believed God, but Sarah didn't exactly believe that. So she put gave Abraham into the possession of his handmaid, Hagar, and she had a son. His name was called Ishmael. So out of Abraham came these two sons. But Ishmael was never counted as a son of Abraham. When Abraham had this God to promise him, said, go and offer your son on Mount Carmel in northern Israel. Or excuse me, Mount Moriah, where they built the temple. Offer your son there. And he goes up there and he tells the men that's with him. The Bible says, Abraham took his son, his only son. God didn't even recognize Ishmael at that time. Ishmael was 13 years older than Isaac. And God says, it's the only son you have that has my promise. I'll bless all the world through Isaac. So, and they went up on the mountain, and Isaac says to his father Abraham, Father, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. So Abraham 
lay Isaac, his son, upon the altar. And he pulled that Sabian dagger up. And he was ready to plunge it into his son. He didn't look up and say, God, are you sure? He didn't have one ounce of hesitation. He's going to plunge it into his son. Because Hebrews, the 11th chapter, says he had all received him in a parabole, in a type. He'd already saved him from the dead. Abraham knew he had promised him he was going to bless the world through his son. He knew if he killed him that God would raise him from the dead because he'd raised him from the dead loins of his father and the dead womb of his mother. And guess what that is? The scripture foreseeing that God would justify heathen through faith. Preach before the gospel to Abraham. That's the gospel. The gospel is in the Old Testament all through it. So if the gospel is in the Old Testament, you know what the gospel is? The gospel is prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So it, if it equals prepare the way, prepare the hadas in the New Testament, it's the same thing in Genesis 17 when he preached the gospel to Abraham. That's what Galatians is talking about. The gospel is the resurrection. And that is when God puts us in the narrow way. And the beginning of the gospel is prepare ye the hodos, the narrow way. So if it's the narrow way, narrow is the word thalibo. Thalibo is the word narrow, and it comes from the word thalipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S, which is the word tribulation. Was that a tribulation that God was putting Abraham through? You bet your life. And if it was a tribulation, it was the narrow way or the gospel. The gospel starts in Genesis 17. That's where it starts. Now, if God has got us coming to him by the gospel and the Jews had to come by the gospel, why is it we are not spiritual Israel? That doesn't make any sense. And you find spiritual Israel all through the New Testament. And that's the church. People call that replacement theology. Are you people just so stupid you don't like to study the Bible in detail? That's ignorance. And preachers say that 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 replacement theology is is just not true. We're the Gentiles and they're the Jews, never the twain shall meet you ignorant. Then he goes on. Let's keep reading it. Then he says, I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God says, You'll no longer be called Abram, in verse 5, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations, which is what the word means. Have I made thee, but my promise will go through Isaac, not Ishmael. Then he says, I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And a lot of them will be false kings under Ishmael. Ishmael will be the head of the Arab nations. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land of Israel 
on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. Let me flip that over there so you can understand this. I'll give you the land. All right. Let me get over there. I think this this lesson, I've got to go through Colossians, the third chapter, because that's spiritual circumcision cutting off the outer man. Now hold on here. So he's talking about, but you have to understand what Israel was when he's saying that. Hold on. There it is. This is Israel here on the eastern end of the Mediterranean. Most of the west coast of Israel is sea sea coast. It's a sea coast. Now, Israel wasn't just this Israel right here. If you go to the back to the 15th chapter, he'll tell you what the nation of Israel was. Let's go back over there. So the land he's going to give to them is more than just that little state right there on the eastern end of the Mediterranean. And when you go over here into the 15th chapter, you go to verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto him, Thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt. Oh, that's where it goes to. Unto the great river Euphrates. Ooh. So from the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates, all of this was the land originally of Israel. In fact, when you look in the second chapter of Genesis, that was east of his east in Israel was the Garden of Eden. Look over here in the second chapter. The second chapter of now this is before the flood, so there could have been some movement of the land. But it says, and he says uh, in verse 9, And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for and good food, good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden that they were forbidden to eat from. And the tree of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they were forbidden to eat from. They could eat of the tree of life. And a river went out of Eden to garden, Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted between four heads. And the name of the first is Pizah. They say that the the historians say that was probably the Nile River. That's the river of Egypt, and that which is compassed the whole land, Havilah, where there is where there is gold. And the gold of the land is good, and there is Bedelu, and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon, which is the Nile River. The same is the that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. So we're talking about the very area of Ethiopia, the Nile River, up to the Euphrates. And the name of the third is Hadakel, which is the Tigris River, and it which 
which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and the mouth of the river is Euphrates. So we're talking about the same land that is the Garden of Eden, the whole area in here. That's the Garden of Eden, and God planted it. a garden eastward in the Eden that has to be over here on the Euphrates River. The thing is, the thing that's on the Euphrates River is Babylon. So Babylon was just a recreation of the Garden of Eden. That's what it was. So Garden of Eden over here in the Euphrates River area, that was the original land mass of Israel. So that's what God gave Abram, Abraham. Now let's go back to the 17th chapter. Chapter 17. Cutting off the foreskin of the flesh, circumcision, was the same thing as getting rid of self, getting rid of the outer man. We've been talking about that. Now let's go back to this to this. 8th verse of the 17th chapter. And I will give unto thee and to the seed thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. But here's the condition of it all. And God said unto Abram, Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant. You shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now, circumcision is spiritual. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token O-W-T-H, O-W-T-H, a sign. You can study circumcision all through the Old Testament. It will tell you it's spiritual. It's the cutting off of the filth of the flesh. And then he says, And you shall circumcise the flesh of the foreskin. It shall be a token, an oath, a signal, or a flag. It has the same meaning, the same meaning, as the Greek word Simeon, S-C-M-E-I-O-N. It means a flag, a beacon, or a pointer. When the Bible speaks in Revelation, the first chapter, that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you signs, and they will signify, S-I-G-N-I-F-Y. They will be signs or pointers to the truth. You got the seven candlesticks in the first chapter. You think maybe that comes out of the book of Exodus, the 25th chapter? Oh, you mean we're not spiritual Israel? You got the seven candlesticks in the first chapter? And the Bible says the seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. How can the seven golden candlesticks be identified as the seven churches and yet we're not spiritual Israel? And God connects the seven candlesticks directly with the seven churches of Asia. And you don't like that? You call this replacement theology? God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. 
And Jesus died for his wife, his bride, before the foundation of the world. I just I want to show you. And then he says, He that is eight days old shall be circumcised. Why eight days? I've checked with some nurses and doctors. Eight is the number. Eight-day-old baby, that's the height of the clotting factor. I've asked nurses that. They say, yes, that's true. And every child, man-child in your generations, he that is born in his house, and this gets into something real interesting, are bought with money of any stranger which is not of your seed Abraham. He gets to be in God's Israel. This is really amazing here, right here. He that's born in thy house and he that is bought with money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. That Those verses right there are key to understanding that the Gentiles in Abraham's house were to be a part of the promise of God. That is what the Bible is talking about. This very, These very verses is what the Bible is talking about in Ephesians, the third chapter. It's talking about the same thing. And you mean we're not spiritual Israel? It's crazy to say that. Go to Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians 3. All right. It will tell you here in Ephesians the third chapter, there was a mystery hidden from hidden through the ages, and it'll tell you that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. What is the body of Christ? The church. Church is ecclesia. It means to call out. E K K. L-E-S-I-A. Ecclesia is the word church. And ek means out. We get our word exit over that door over there. Out and kaleo. They were called out of Egypt to live righteously in the wilderness. We're called out of this world. There in First Peter, the second chapter, even to here and to were you called. Kaleo. And we're not spiritual Israel. You guys out there, you just missed all this. Now, now look over here in Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians, chapter 3. For this cause, can you start a sentence, walk to somebody and say, For this cause, for what cause? What was said in the second chapter? Speaking of a spiritual Israel, I can't read the parts of that second chapter without backing up. But keep in mind the verses that we read in the 17th chapter. Those that are in your house that are not of your seed, Abraham, if they will be circumcised, they'll be a part of this promise. That was the Gentiles that was in his household. So that's a secret that's been hidden through the ages. And he says over here in verse 11 of the previous chapter, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles. Who is he talking to? He's talking to 
the church at Ephesus, a Gentile church. Over here they are. Look here. Paul preached at Ephesus. Well, here it is right here. Here's Ephesus on the southwestern end of Turkey that they called Asia Minor. That's a Gentile church. Now, he says here that you in times past, being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision. That's what you were called because you weren't of the seed of Abraham, and but you're not uncircumcision anymore. By that which is called circumcision, the Jews, the circumcision would call you uncircumcision because of this thing with Abraham, and only his seed would be a part of that. In the flesh made by hands. Circumcision made by hands, but the Bible says over here in Colossians, in Colossians, the second chapter, in the second chapter of Colossians, I'm going to try to tie all this stuff together. Second chapter of Colossians, speaking of Christ in verse 11, and whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. We're circumcised by the circumcision of Christ. And it's God that cuts off that outer man in our hearts. Sometimes it takes him 30 or 40 years to cause us to start living godly. In putting off the body of sins, that is the outer man, isn't it? Of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That shows right here we're talking about that outer man that Paul spoke of, the inner and the outer man in Romans 7. I serve God with the inner man, the new birth, and with the outer man I serve the law of the flesh. That's the two men that First John 1 and 8 and 3 and 9 talk about. 1 and 8 says, If, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And he says, in 3 and 9, whosoever is born of God, which is the inner man, cannot sin because he's born of God. For his seed remaineth him, and he cannot sin. So we know there's a part of us that can sin. So how long does it take God to circumcise the outer man? 40 years? 50 years? All your life? And you're going to have a thin veneer of the outer man the longest day you live. If you don't know about this, listen to my previous uh, my previous messages on the inner and the outer man. I'm seeing things about the inner and the outer man I've never seen as clear. The outer man is cut off by spiritual circumcision. And this is what it says here, the body of sins of the flesh. That's the outer man that wants to hold on. Now, go back to Ephesians. And let's look at so. And you say we're not spiritual Israel? And then he says, In time past you were called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision. You were called Gentiles by that which is called Jews. That's what he's saying. In the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, chapter 2 of Ephesians. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens. Apolatrio. 
estranged. A P A L L O. A P A A L L O T R I O O. You were estranged. You were not part of Israel. He's talking to a Gentile church. You were estranged. Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Commonwealth is the word politia, P-O-L-I-T-E-I-A. P-O-L-I-T-E-I-A. We got our word politic from that. It means commonwealth or citizens. So you're aliens from the citizenship. It means community. Citizenship. But he says, now you're citizens of Israel. And then he says, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise of Genesis 17. Where even the Gentiles could come in the house of Abraham, having no hope without God in the world. Ephesian Gentile church who had no hope. So Christ came and poured out of his spirit on all flesh, red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. But now Jesus Christ, now Christ Jesus, you, you who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by a blood baptism of Christ. Blood baptism was which brings you into Israel. For he is our peace who hath made both one Gentile and Jew, one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That's talking about the that's talking about the temple and they had they had this big big wall around the temple and you had the veil here. I need to move this out of the way. You had the veil of the temple. I'm trying to hold on to my Bible and keep my place here. You had the temple. You had the veil here. You had the the Ark of the Covenant. You had the mercy seat on top of that. You had the seven candlesticks. You had the table of showbread. You had the altar of incense and the brazen sea here and the brazen altar there. This is what gets me. The Bible says that they sprinkled the Ark of the Covenant on the tenth day of the seventh month. Tenth day. That was the day of atonement. You mean we're not partaking in the atonement? They sprinkled the blood of a goat on the this day of atonement, you'll find that in Leviticus, the 16th chapter. And the law was written on tables of stone kept inside the Ark of the Covenant. In the New Testament, the law is written on fleshy tables of our heart. And our hearts are sprinkled there in Leviticus, excuse me, Hebrews 10 and 22. Our hearts are sprinkled. We're not spiritual Israel. What do you think this is? That God was out of his mind when he had the writer write Hebrews 
and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches of Asia, and we being many are one bread and one body. And the altar of incense is the prayers of the saints. And that's not us. And this inner sanctuary is called the house of God because he dwelt between the cherubim, a word that means to live or be married to Israel. It was the house of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews, Hebrews 3 and 6, Christ is a son of his own house. Whose house are we? And the Holy Spirit came down and ruled Israel from that, from that throne there. And a and a and a tabernacle was a mobile a mobile temple, and this and we're the temple of God, and all of this matches up to us in the New Testament. And we're not spiritual Israel. Are you preachers out of your mind? Or what? Boy, they hate spiritual Israel. When you say it. What that does? That cuts off the tribulation period. They said the tribulation is just for the Jews. You're ignoramuses too. You're, the the pre-trib rapture was brought here to America by a man named J.N. Darby brought that in the 1830s and he also brought premillennialism there is no thousand years after this is all over here's what really gets me we're not spiritual Jews and the Bible just spells it out here's what gets me Paul said in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one and 52, Behold, I shall your mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all, that means be dead. We'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye at the last trump. I've never heard anybody deal with the last trump. That's when we'll be changed. And in Revelation, the 8th chapter, the ninth chapter and the tenth chapter, you got seven trumpets. Seven trumpets was all through the Old Testament. Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah, I'll get it right, man, start with a J. Jonah, God no, didn't something Jonah. <laughs> I can't, I can't talk sometimes. When Joshua started with the J, I got nearly got it, didn't I? When Joshua marched into Canaan, God told him to destroy Jericho. And seven priests with seven trumpets marched around Jericho seven days. And they had seven trumpets. So on the seventh day, God said, blow the trumpet. And when they blew the trumpet, the walls fell down immediately. It was the last trump and total judgment immediately. And the Bible speaks of these seven trumpets in Revelation 8, 9, and 10. In 10 and 7, when the seventh trumpet sound, the last trump, Christ has got one foot on the land and the other on the sea and says, Time is no more. Now, how in the world can there be seven years of tribulation and a thousand years of millennium after all that? There's no more time. It's done. I didn't understand that when my father and his Baptist friends would preach that when I was a kid. I thought, that don't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense. When you go to Matthew 24 and verse 29, after the tribulation of those days, the Lord will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet at 
the end of the tribulation. I don't know what you guys do with that. I'm looking at the camera. Ignorance. It's like you don't care about us being spiritual Israel. Now let's go back to that in Ephesians. So he makes Jew and Gentile one new Israel in verse 14. And he breaks down the wall of petition between us. They had what was called. They built another section over here on this side of the wall. And they called it the temple of the Gentiles. And Gentiles could not go into the temple property or ground. They can't go in there. That was also called the women's temple. No woman could go inside this area over here. When you've got that, the only people that could go in here were Levites. And particularly the only people that go into the main temple were sons of Aaron. And that was the high priests. Now, let's keep reading this. I don't know how you guys think we're not spiritual Israel when Ephesians and Colossians says we are. And it makes, and then he says in verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in the ordinances. That is exactly what he says in Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Yeah. You guys don't even understand. I'm talking to Baptist preachers and Pentecostal preachers. You don't understand. The law came in two systems. The Spirit... And the letter. The letter was the ordinances or the rituals. And 2.14, Colossians 2.14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. The law wasn't blotted out. It's still here for the Jews, for the spiritual Jews. That's the church. I can't believe you guys don't believe that. I'm just astounded. Blotting out the handwriting of rituals. The law is still here. But you don't know that the only thing that God blotted out was all of these rituals of the Ark of the Covenant, the showbread, the candlesticks. The candlesticks are now the church, the refined church, seven churches. What if I said the seven churches? They had to be sevened in order to get rid of their problems. Now, so let's get back to Ephesians. So he, having abolished in his, in his, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in rituals. That's what it's talking about. The ritual were blotted out in. In in Romans 3, the last verse of the chapter says, Do we make void the law through faith? Yea, we establish the law. Galatians 5 and 6, 5 and 14 says, All the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. That word love is agape. Agape means to walk in God's commandments, Second John 6. This is agape, that we walk after His commandments. Agape was a relationship that kings had for their subjects. They gave them laws and they willingly walked in them. 
you mean we have the law written in our hearts just like the Ark of the Covenant? Our hearts are sprinkled and we're not spiritual Israel? Are you guys out of your minds? I'm just looking at the camera saying that to these Baptist preachers that I was raised around. And boy, they hate spiritual Israel with a passion. What they hate is the Word of God. Spiritual circumcision is cutting off the outer man. And we've been talking about that. I've got to, I'll get back to Colossians 3 when I show you that we're spiritual Israel and the circumcision is getting rid of the outer man. It may take God 40 years to get, get him out of your life, but he will get him out. You say, what if I die before he gets rid of the outer man? The inner man will go be with the Lord. Because the inner man can't be destroyed. He cannot sin. First John 3 and 9 says so. Then he says, in verse 16, and that he might reconcile, 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 Katalaso. That's the same word translated atonement. You mean we're not involved in the atonement? Katalaso. Let me erase some of this. I'm trying to hold on to my place in in Genesis, the 17th chapter, and hold on to this at the same time. Let me erase this. If you don't like spiritual Israel, you do not like the Word of God. And preachers, Baptist preachers, will fight you over this. We're not Israel. Uh, Israel is going to have to go through the tribulation period. Yeah, you're ignorant about that too. I'm, I'm sick of the preachers. It's like they don't know how to read. They don't know how to stop and think. Last Trump. Never heard a preacher deal with last Trump. I heard a famous independent Baptist preacher's name was David Breedlove. I believe that was his name. And he was on TV one night and he said, Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep. We'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye. And he ended it right there. Ended it. He didn't say at the last trump. I know you didn't, David. I heard you. At the last trump. They never want to quote that. They have to deal with it. And he was a famous TV preacher. He used to be on TV. He's probably long dead by now. But I just thought it was disgusting because he didn't want to deal with last eschatos. It means the last after which no other trumpet will sound. And that's when we're going to be changed. Last trump. Last, 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 last. Don't you get it? Good grief. Now, I don't even remember what I was going to say. All right, let's look at this. In Ephesians, he says, and that in verse 16, that he might reconcile both of us into one body. What does Colossians 1 and 18 and 24 say the body of Christ is? The church. They were called out of Egypt. We're called out of this world. But you can't be in Israel unless you're called out of this world and give up the old man. one body by the cross I don't believe it's talking about Jesus wooden cross I believe it's talking about the daily cross having slain the enmity thereby 
you have to kill off the outer man, and that's the enmity, the ekthra. Hostility to God is in the outer man. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh, to those that were far off, he says earlier in the chapter, were the Gentiles. And the everlasting gospel is a gospel of peace. And the first time the gospel is preached is there in Genesis 17, when Isaac is promised to be raised from the dead loins of his father and the dead womb of his mother. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers to Israel. Therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners. No longer are you a foreigner to Israel. But fellow citizens. Fellow citizens of what? Of Israel. You mean you don't believe in spiritual Israel? It says we're fellow citizens. Sum polites. S-U-M-P-O-O-L-I-T-E-S. We get the word politic from the word polites. It means a citizen. Together. Sum means together. We're blended together in Israel. We're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we're fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Household is God's Israel. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles. That's spiritual Israel. And prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. A cornerstone was not one that was down on the bottom of the foundation. A cornerstone was where two walls come together and it was here at the corner and it was an odd shaped stone and the Bible says when the Pharisees came to the cornerstones they stumbled over it because they couldn't recognize it it was hard to recognize it was odd shaped built upon the foundation of the apostles Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together. Fitly framed together. It's the same word that Paul used when he speaks of in Ephesians. Same, same word as when he says fitly joined together in verse, in verse 16 of chapter 4. It's the body of Christ fitly joined together fitly joined and fitly framed are the same word and it means that we're fitted together as the temple of God and all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple which temple you are we're the picture of that temple that I drew up there and everything in it fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple of God in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and sets upon the thrones of our heart. Then he says, has to do with that, that 17th chapter of Genesis. And let me remind you what it says. It says, 
He that is born in thy house or he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. If you buy a Gentile, this promises to the Gentiles. So let me show what he says. And my covenant shall be your in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, and he hath broken my covenant. That's why God said every male child had to be circumcised the eighth day. Paul said, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He said that in the third chapter of Philippians. Then he says here, For this cause, for what cause? For the fact that God is making both Jew and child Gentile one flesh. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. What he called the Gentiles, when you look at Ephesians, look at Galatians, you back up to Galatians, the second chapter. I'm having to go through all this to show you what cutting off the outer man is. It's spiritual circumcision. Look here to Galatians, the second chapter. All of this fits together. Galatians 2. The Bible says, in verse, let's, where can we start reading? In verse 7. Well, maybe I need to read verse 6. Of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. They were getting together trying to say things yet, Paul. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me and the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter. So it was Peter's job to go preach to the Gentile, uh, the Jews, and it was Paul's job to preach to the Gentiles, even though Peter did preach to some Gentiles. He was the first one to preach to the Gentiles when he went to the house of Cornelius of the Italian band. He was an Italian. Did that in the 10th chapter of Acts. Then he, let's back up. And then he says, So I had the, I had the calling to go to the, to the uncircumcision, to the Gentiles. Uncircumcision was a term that denoted Gentiles. Circumcision was a term to the Jews. Then let's go back over there to the third chapter of Ephesians. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Remember, Gentile and nation are the same word, ethnos. E-T-H-N-O-S. That's the word Gentile. Just like in, that's the word Gentile and nation. Just like goy, or goyim, is the word in the Hebrew for Gentile or or Jew. Um, excuse me, Gentile or nation. It's the same word. Gentile and nation is goy or goyim. I am or I-Y-M is plural. Now, let's, look, let's keep on reading here. You've got to tie this together with Genesis 17. He says, 
I was there for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. It doesn't mean a time period. That is insane. I've never heard any preacher define the word dispensation. O-I-K-O-N-O-M-I-A. That's the word dispensation. And the amazing thing, it's also the exact same word as oikonomia comes from oikos. It's the same word as stewardship. Stewardship. A steward. Steward is the word oikonomos. O-I-K-O-N-O-M-O-S. Oikos comes from oikos. Oikonomia comes from oikos and nomos. Nomos is the Greek word law. Oikos means... Oikos means house or family. House or family. It means the law of the household. When you look up the word economy, in a Webster dictionary, it'll tell you that it comes from the Greek word oikonomia. When you say economy, oikonomia fast, oikonomia, oikonomi, economy. It is the word economy. It means the economy of a household that's distributed by the steward of the house. It doesn't mean a period of time. That is, that's crazy, you guys. You dispensationalist. How can you say that? And you haven't even looked at the definition. I hear preachers saying, well, here's this means this. I heard John MacArthur preaching on, on worship preached for several days on worship on the radio he never gave the definition never he said i've been wrestling with worship was uh, for the first 10 years i was at grace community church he never told you worship is the word proscune proscuneo actually pros pros C-H-U-N-E-O. It comes from pros. This is word worship. It comes from pros and kion. K-E-O-N. The word kion means hound or dog. It means toward as a hound will walk up to its master will cow down and lick his master on the hand. That's worship. Saying, Lord, whatever you would have me to have. It's not saying, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's not worship. That's showing off. Worship is not what people think it is. It's being like a dog and licking the hand of Christ and say, whatever you want me to have. That's what it means, John. You haven't looked it up, have you? I've got a... It's the same thing. It's the same thing when you have a wolf pack and the alpha male gives the instruction to the whole pack. Nobody, None of them can breed unless he says so. None of them can eat unless he says so. 
I've got a picture of a wolf pack on one of my shirts. I had it made up, and I've got proscuneo on the right under it. And they're all licking the head of the pack. And they're licking him in the mouth. And he's standing there looking like the boss because he is. Unless you're big enough to take him on and whip him, you cannot be head of the pack. That's worship. Just saying, Lord, whatever you want me to have, that's predestination. That's asking. You reap so whatever you ask when you keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Pleasing a risco means it's the same thing when we give our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. Acceptable is the word you arisco means well pleasing. We die to self to the flesh. That's cutting off of sin. That's spiritual circumcision. That's the only time God accepts anything that we ask. But you have to be crucifying self when you ask. I don't know why I'm the only guy. I saw I saw David Jeremiah get on the TV and he said, I've been asked many questions. I had someone write to me and ask me, what does asking God mean? He said, I looked through all my library and I couldn't find anything but ask. So I believe it means to ask. You idiot. We receive the things that we ask if we keep. Tereo means to guard against loss. They're written in our hearts, and we will fight for their truth. We'll say, I may not be able to do them, but I'll fight for the fact they're in my heart, and I know it's wrong to break them. Even when you're out in sin, you know you're wrong as a believer. And keep his, we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing. What's pleasing to God is death to self. You can never ask for self. Of course, John didn't look up the word ask, or what's his name, David, Jeremiah didn't look up that. He said, ask means to ask. I thought, you were a dummy. I can't stand to watch the guy. He is a mush mouth. I can't stand to watch Billy Graham tapes. I can't stand to watch Charles Stanley. It's like he nails his foot to the floor and talks in a circle. You don't believe in any preachers, not any I hear of or know of. I used to really follow John until I found that he had a lot of error in his teaching. And then he goes on to say, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Mystery is the word mysterion. What did God call Paul to do? To preach to the Gentiles. Or the Gentiles, did they have the promise all the way back to Abraham? If anyone is bought in your household, they have to be circumcised to be a part of this promise, but they don't have to be a literal Jew. They can be a Gentile. And that was the Musterion. M-U-S-T-E-R-I-O-N. Musterion means the unrevealed facts. It wasn't revealed until Acts 2 that the Gentiles could be fellow heirs and of the same gospel. And that's a spiritual Jew. I don't know why I can see these verses and Baptist preachers can't see them. And then he says, I wrote a four in a few words. It was just a few words when he said over there, in Genesis 17, 
those that are born in your house, even though they're Gentiles, as long as they're circumcised, they're a part of this promise. And that was hidden till Acts 2. Where God poured out of His Spirit on all flesh, red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. He said, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Sons of men is a term for Gentiles. Sons of God in Genesis 5 start with God and His sons, and it goes down to Adam, to Seth, to Enosh, to Canaan, Mahalalel. Those were sons of God. Sons of men was descendants of Cain in the fourth chapter. They don't trace back to God. It doesn't say God had a son and called his name, name uh, Cain. It doesn't say that. So this was a mystery that hid through the ages. He said, which in other ages was not made known unto the Gentiles. When you see sons of men, just think Gentile. As it is now revealed. Revealed to who? To the Ephesian Gentile church. Revealed apocalypto. A-P-O-K-A-L-U-P-T-O. That means to take off the cover to the Gentiles. Apo. K-A-L-U-P-T-O. To remove the cover to the Gentiles as of Acts 2. And now I'm preaching to a Gentile church at Ephesus. And then he says, which in other ages were not made known unto the Gentiles as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that. Here's the mystery. And it's been kept hidden through the ages that the Gentiles are going to be of the same body and be spiritual Israel, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, the church. I don't know how I can see that. It's like two plus two is four, and they can't see it. Of the same body and partakers of his promise that was given to Abraham in Christ by the gospel. So can you see, he's talking to an Ephesian church. It's a Gentile church on the western end of, southwestern end of Turkey that we call, that we call Turkey and they called it Asia Minor. And he's saying you are of the same body as the Gentiles. And when you look at mystery, here's talking about the Gentiles. And when he says in the fifth chapter, he talks about the mystery. And he says in the fifth chapter of Genesis, of Ephesians, he says in the fifth chapter, well, I'll read a little of this. In verse 30, For we are members of his body, the church, and his flesh of his, of his bones. This is chapter 5 and verse 30. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And this is a great mystery which I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's the mystery. And then he says, nevertheless, let every one of you particular 
And Peter so loved his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverenced her husband. He's talking about the church married to Christ. Now, I've got to get on with some of these other things. I want you to look over in Philippians, the third chapter. You say we're not spiritual Israel. You haven't read the New Testament, paid close attention to it, have you? Look at Philippians. I don't even understand. I didn't go to seminary to learn this. I studied the Bible. I've never been to seminary. Seminary will mess you up. They'll teach you their statement of faith and will dare you to get outside of their belief. They'll dare you. If you don't preach dispensationalism, you can't come to this Baptist seminary. You guys are stupid. I don't know if they're stupid or just ignorant. Ignorant means unlearned. Stupid means you can't learn. you got the understanding of a brute beast. Every time you find brute, it's talking about being stupid. You can't learn. Now look here in Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. Now where is Philippi that he's writing to? Here's Philippi right here. Paul went on his journeys and came over here and came up this way. And he came up in the North Aegean Sea. This is the Aegean Sea right off the coast of Western Turkey or Asia Minor. And he comes up here to Philippi and Thessalonica, right at that they are absolutely Gentile churches. Philippi and Thessalonica. That's at the top, right up here. Let me see if I've got another map here and it can show it to you exactly. Let me see if I can find it here. Get another map to show you where it is. It where it's pinpointing it. All right, I'll get it. Y'all don't leave. I'm gonna get it in just a minute. Here's Philip right here. Right at the top of this Aegean Sea, right there, and right next door to it is Thessalonica. This is without a doubt a Gentile church, isn't it? Gentile means everybody that's not a Jew. And yet the Bible says the church is spiritual Gentiles when we circumcise this outer man. Now, look here in in Philippians, the, the third chapter. He says here, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Does that mean beware of chows and pit bulls? No. They call Gentiles dogs. Dogs mean they don't have any conscience. Why would he say beware of dogs? Because they live up there in a Gentile infested land where they worship all kinds of gods. 
Then he says, beware of evil workers, beware of concision, those people that divide. For we are the circumcision. Whoa! We. What's he talking about, we? He's talking about you Gentiles at that church that believe truth, and me, I'm a... I am a Jew. I was, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, but I'm concluding you with me. What do you mean there's no spiritual Israel? He says that these Gentile people up at Philippi are the, the circumcision, which is a term for Jews or Israel. Gosh, and you guys don't believe in a spiritual Israel? You don't believe this verse, that's for sure. And he tells them, he says, We are the circumcision which worship God. That word worship is the word latris. Latris, which means menial. We do the, comes from latruo, which means to serve. We serve God in spirit. What is the spirit? The truth. He says, that's Israel. We, we serve God in the spirit and rejoice. Rejoice, of course, is that word, is the common word. comes from the word charis, grace. It's the word kara, which is the same word as joy. We cannot rejoice with iniquity. And he said, this is the God's circumcision. We worship God in spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ, and we have no confidence in the flesh. The word confidence is P-E-I-T-H-O, P-E-I. T-H-O. We're not persuaded in this flesh to anything. It means to be persuaded. So he says, that's the true circumcision. When he says, we are the circumcision, he's saying, we are the Jews. We are Israel. You and me, Philippian Gentile church. It's just, what do you mean you guys don't believe in spiritual Israel? I'm going to keep saying that. I just don't believe these people that say these things now would we be called would we be called Jerusalem if we're Israel well I guess we would go back here to Galatians the fourth chapter what's he doing calling the church at Galatia and Galatia is a state right here in the middle of Asia Minor. It's a state, Antioch, Iconium, Derby, and Lystra. It's right here. It's a state. So when you're talking about Galatia, you're talking about right here. And that is definitely Gentiles. In fact, when Paul was coming back from Galatia on his on his first journey, people said he had some Judaizers said, let's go back and circumcise these Gentiles. He said, no. They've been spiritually circumcised. And then he says, where was I? I was reading something. Huh? Verse, what, what book? Philippians 3, wait a minute. Philippians. 3, 4. 3, 4, okay. My Bible's coming apart. Y'all, I can't hardly turn the pages. I wear a Bible out about very maximum seven years. They come all to pieces. This one's falling apart. But I do not want to go to a new one. (laughs) I hate that. I hate to give up my old Bible. 
that's coming to pieces. I've got one over here that came apart, and I got two or three at home that just fell to pieces. He turned that page so many times. Now, uh, that's right. A Bible that's falling apart belongs to someone who isn't. I'm not falling apart at all. I'll walk into a room with 50 PhDs and correct all of them. I just don't believe in FUD. Elmer FUD. That's what they're post hole digger, yeah. <laughs> or piled higher and deeper. All right. Now, I was going to give you some other things. Let's go over here to. Let's go over to Second Corinthians. Let's go to Hebrews twelve. Twelve. Hebrews twelve. Hebrews is not a book to literal Jews, it's to spiritual Israel. And when the he's going to say some things in here in Hebrews twelve. Now if we're not spiritual Israel, why is he using Jewish terminology about about Moses wandering in the wilderness with the Jews, if we're not spiritual Israel, to denote us. And he says here in, I wanted to get to Colossians, the third chapter, and tell you what you have to cut off in spiritual circumcision and what you have to put on. Put on means to sink into clothing, and that's a blood baptism. A blood baptism was a death. It's death to the outer man. And that's true spiritual circumcision. So, he says here in Hebrews 12, and verse... uh, Let's go to verse 18. And he uses the analogy of Israel wandering in the wilderness. For ye are not coming to the mount that might be touched... He's talking about the mountain that Moses went up on, Mount Horeb, when God says, if anybody comes and touches this, you'll die. If there's any animal comes and touches this, while Moses is upon the mountain, run him through the spear. It calls it a dart, but it means a spear. Kill the animal that touches it. God says, this is holy ground. I won't have anybody touching it. So he says, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. If there's winds blowing, and they're blowing hard like they were with Elijah on that mountain, nobody come touch it. We're not coming to that mountain. And the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard, entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. They didn't endure it. They built a golden calf when Moses came down. And Moses said, what are you doing? And Aaron said, his older brother said, oh, well, the people come to me and said, we need to make a golden calf. And I threw a bunch of gold in the fire and out jumped this calf. You believe that? I got some, I got some land. I got some swampland in Louisiana I want to talk to you about. What stupid. How could Aaron be such an ignoramus to lie like that? God killed him for that in the 20th chapter of Numbers. And and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart with a spear. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, 
I exceedingly fear and quake. People say you're not supposed to fear God. Exceedingly fear is the word ekphobeo, E-K-P-H-O-B-E-O. Ekphobeo means to be frightened out of your wits. You come into the presence of living God and you're not afraid. He says, I was terrified. He's got a bush burning and it doesn't burn up. But you're, you're come. He just said, you're not come to that mountain in verse 18. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. Zion means sunny. Has the same meaning as horizo. Predestinate. Prohorizo means to predetermine for the horizon, the light. But ye are come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church. So he's saying heavenly Jerusalem, the church. So you're saying we're heavenly Jerusalem, but we're not spiritual Israel? Are you crazy? You preachers? I, I just don't believe, I don't even understand them thinking this way. And the church of the firstborn, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ so we can be the firstborn of many brethren. Firstborn is one that received the inheritance. We got the inheritance of God. God rejected Reuben because he was, because he was unstable as water. He rejected Reuben. He rejected Simeon, the secondborn, because he was a killer. Boy, I can't believe people say, well, God loved Jacob and hated Esau uh, before they were born, before they had done evil, because he saw that Esau was doing all the evil. Jacob was the liar, the deceiver. The church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, teleos, mature. Look over here in, in Revelation the third chapter Revelation you mean he's going to call us heavenly Jerusalem and we're not Jerusalem we're not Israel it just I'm astounded at preachers they can't find these things I can find them you want me to find them for you and call you look here in the second chapter or the third chapter Third chapter, verse 12, he's talking about the seven churches of Asia, and he's talking about the church at Philadelphia. And he says here in verse 12, Him that overcometh, remember overcometh, Nike, N-I-K-E, and the verb form is N-I-K-A-O, that's the word, that's the word overcometh, the noun is Nike. That's the word victory. This is overcome. What's the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. There in the fifth chapter of 1 John. Even our faith. And then he says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Is there any more than one temple? 
the temple is us. He blotted out all the rituals of the Old Testament. When they wanted to do away with the contract, they would take the contract in parties out in public. That says everybody agreed, and they had the two original witnesses to the contract. They everybody agreed. They'd say yes, and they'd say drive a nail through it, and that the way they invalidated the 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 letter of the law, the rituals of the law. They didn't invalidate the law. Can you go out and kill people now? Is that against the law? Yeah. Can you covet? Boy, which we've all been guilty of. Play an act taste to want more any way you can get it by cheating and lying and thieving. And then he says, and I will write upon him. Now he's talking to one of the churches of Asia. And I'll write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. Oh, you mean we get to be called New Jerusalem and we're not Israel? You guys that believe no spiritual Israel, you don't believe the Bible, the Word of God. New Jerusalem, which cometh down from God out of heaven. I think I think we've seen that over here in Revelation 21. Notice where all this takes us to find spiritual Israel. Revelation 21. Revelation 21 tells us, these same words I saw new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away the heavens was a term for Israel that had passed away because God rejected them for going after Bell in the Grove the Christmas system isn't this amazing all these words you can connect by going into all of this information when the Bible says in Isaiah 65 there will be new heavens and new earth, for the first earth had passed away, it's talking about heavens was a term for the ruling class. And Israel ruled until they forsook the word of God and disobeyed him. And then he says, I'll take it away from you and give it to your neighbor. He gave the heavens to Assyria and Babylon where they could beat Israel. Israel could not have conquered them in any possible way if they'd been obedient to God. I don't care if there was 10 million of them. Israel would have gone out there with with a thousand people and beat all of them. The Bible says so. Now, and he says there's new heavens and new earth. The first heavens are and the first earth have passed away. There's so much to say about that. You can read the entire chapter of the 65th chapter of Isaiah, and the whole chapter says, I'll call my people by another name. Gentile church. And all through the book of Isaiah, he says, I will bring the Gentiles to my light, to my truth. And you mean we're not prevailing with God? Israel means to prevail with God. Israel. I don't understand preachers. This has to do with spiritual circumcision, cutting off the outer man. But you got to listen to other messages, and you got to come back in a couple of days and hear the one on Colossians, where you have to give up the flesh and put on the new man. Put on is the word in duo. In duo. E n d u o means to sink into clothing and our clothing is the blood of Christ 
sink into clothing. And you see those men from every nation under heaven, and they're clothed in white in Revelation, the seventh chapter. And the angel asked Job, asked John, do you know what these are? He said, I don't know. You know. He said, these are those who have made their robes white in the blood of Christ. He's washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's the clothing that we sink into. And a blood baptism was death to the outer man or death to self. I can't preach one of these messages without including all this other information. And I don't even know how preachers preach on this and make it something that it's not. Now, where was I? All right. Now let's go back here to... He's talking about we are the spiritual Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the church. And he writes upon us there in the 12th verse of the 3rd chapter writes upon us his new new Jerusalem which comes down from God out of heaven and that's what happens here in chapter 21 new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven and I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem that's the church coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride a wife adorned for her husband Jesus this is the church it's the birth of the church Remember, born again, again is the word anothen. It means from above, anothen. It means out of heaven, from above. That's the word again, anothen. You must be born from above. It's God's will, not ours. Notice all of these wills are connected with this message here. Am I running out of time? Four minutes. I'm not going to get through all these things. It's just so much. Now, if we're heavenly Jerusalem, we have to be the church. If the church, the seven churches of Asia, are the Jewish golden candlesticks, which is out of Exodus 25th chapter, we have to be spiritual Israel, the church. But you know why people can't see this? They've got dispensationalism on the mind. They say, well... Adam lived under the dispensation of innocence. It doesn't mean a time period. Then say Noah lived under the dispensation of conscience. That's very stupid, you guys. And then they say, had the dispensation of the law and then the dispensation of grace. And they call dispensations a period of time, even though they're the word oikonomia, and they come from economy. Good grief. I just... I can't believe you guys don't pay any attention to the Bible and to the definitions. All right. I got so much more to say on this. It's, I mean, so much. Did I give you Revelation 3? Well, I gave that to you, 312. There's so many more of these things in here. We're involved in the spiritual. Day of Atonement. I can't even get into that. That has to do with casting out devils. If I cast out devils with the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Kingdom of God was a term for Israel. You mean the kingdom, if casting out devils, daemonion means to distribute fortunes. That's the outer man. I want the fortunes of this world. If that's cast out, then Israel is coming to us? 
What do you mean you don't believe in spiritual Israel? I believe the Baptists in America are crazy. I believe the Pentecostals are nuts. I believe they're all off their rocker. I can look in here and find these verses and they don't have any answers for them. I'm going to go further into this because there's so much to this. I've got to go into the spiritual Passover. After I get through all these spiritual things, then we'll talk about Colossians, the third chapter. What spiritual circumcision is, is cutting off all these desires of this outer man, the flesh. How long does it take God to do that? Oh, a long time. He said, but you've got to put you through all kinds of persecution and trials and tribulation. And you'll lose your temper a lot along the way because you'll get mad at people for doing what God wants them to do to you and me. You can't have your way. It's just not, it's not biblical for you to have your way. I've got so many more things to say on this. I can't do it all at once. I'll come back. I'll talk about this spiritual Israel that we are and spiritual circumcision was cutting off the outer man. It takes God a long time to do that. I don't know why he had a man be circumcised. Maybe it was because of the thrill he gets from the male genitalia. I don't know. That's what God said they had to do and he compares it with the outer man. Do I have any time, Mike? I'm out. I'll come back. We are spiritual Israel. But this outer man is the circumcision. We, God will cut it off. It's God that circumcises you, the Bible says. He'll circumcise that outer man. It may take him 40, 50 years, but he'll get rid of you. God has been getting rid of me for all my life. I used to be crazy. I used to get angry at the drop of a hat. I've learned that I can't do that because God made those people what they are. They're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. That's the majority of the world. And he made us vessels of mercy, which he prepared to glory. And he's telling us, don't argue and fight with the world. That's why every time I pray, every time I pray, I pray, Lord, you fight my battles. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for letting us see what this outer man is. It's When we get rid of it, it's over. We don't get rid of it. You do. It's that spiritual circumcision that cuts off this outer man. Thank you for your words and for truth and for revealing these things to us. God will praise you and give you glory for everything that happens, including the bad things in our life, knowing they work together for good. Because you said they did, makes us groan and go through the straight and narrow way. Thank you for truth. I pray you'll strengthen the church and the flock. Let people really get strengthened in your word and we'll praise you for everything that happens, the good and the bad. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hadn't really gotten a hold of this thing of the outer man until I connected it to spiritual circumcision. Yeah, you'll finish one of these days. Yeah. (laughs)
I don't think I'll ever get done. This is just an unbelievable source. It ties everything together. It's like Christmas is the outer man. Free will is the outer man. You can't have your way with God. I've tried to, and God beat the living tar out of me. Beat me up so bad, I thought He's going to kill me. <laughs> 